0: The <laughs> Good evening, and if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Angel Rock on 105.3 in New Orleans, Louisiana, on United Public Radio Network, also known as UFO Paranormal Radio Network. I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin. A little bit about myself, I'm a Canadian clairvoyant medium. I'm also a Crystal Reiki energy healer, a Records practitioner. I'm a spiritual teacher and mentor, and I'm also a registered nurse. Now, if you've never been to The Angel Rock before, Welcome as well as those that are listening and returning. I appreciate your support. Just a little plug for our network. There's many great hosts and shows on the network. So please make sure to share. There's something for everybody here. Now with my show, I say cover all aspects of the esoteric with spirituality. I also have power of the mind, power of how to access your own gifts. Dave, so glad to see you. Gotta give Dave a shout out. Dave's a big supporter of our show. Thank you for being here, Dave. Um, And also, I like to say, throw a little bit of truth seeking in there as well, but my show always has a positive spin and the guests that I have on my show, Depends on what they're doing, either professionally, extracurricularly, or both. They're making a positive change for humanity, and my guest this evening is no different. I'm going to read her bio here, which I had ready. Hang on. As I scroll up, here we go. Her name is Louise Hamlin, and Louise talks about her personal experience of grief in all facets and in a way that will resonate with readers who are bereaved. That's not the part I wanted. Where do we go here? Sorry, guys, hang on. That is not what I wanted. Never fails with technology, I swear. Oh, there we go. Louise Hamlin read History and Law at Cambridge and then practiced as a solicitor. After her career break to have her children, she returned to Cambridge as a law fellow and lecturer, specializing in land law. She was a tutor and then senior tutor of her college. 15 years ago, she changed career and moved down to Dorset to start a very happy new life with her second husband, a barrister. She became a potter and she and her husband traveled extensively. When her husband Patrick suddenly died two years ago, Louise was grief-stricken, rightfully so, and then amazed to find more and more signs from her husband including extraordinary whatsapps showing her that spirit and love survived death this completely changed her understanding of life and death and she felt compelled to write a book called what a- whatsapps from heaven which we're going to talk about tonight giving an account of the signs from the afterlife as well as dealing with bereavement generally she now lives in dorset with her beautiful spaniel welcome louise i'm so glad to have you here
1: well, uh, thank you, Laurie, and I'm delighted. and very honored to be with you.
0: i so-, so when I saw because I got to I got to give Gavin Lee Davies another shout out. He always sends me the best guests, and he's a publisher with John Hunt Publishing who published your book, right? yes that's right actually I've had Gavin on the show before myself he's quite a character what I <laughs> I just love him and I, I've never heard anybody say an I'm word about him he's just such a lovely no. person
1: No, he really
0: is. And he's very, very enthusiastic. Yes, he is. Now, I want to give you guys a huge uh, heads up, as I always do every week, and hopefully it wards it off, knock on wood. The veil is thin. We're getting thin with this. Getting we're counting down to Halloween here. And we've had all paranormal Halloween type shows. But I booked you quite a few months ago, uh, Louise, and I knew that this would still fit in with our topic because we're going to talk about the afterlife. But just so you know, just in case if i disappear okay my phone is acting crazy it'll go into i have an apple phone i call it the spinning wheel of death it'll look like it goes black if i disappear louise knows she's just going to keep talking i've got my computer right there i will be right back just in case it does happen so i let everybody know so let's talk, now this is an interesting topic that you're, you're dealing with. So you're a solicitor, for those of us over in North America, that would, would be akin to what we would call a lawyer or an attorney versus a solicitor in the UK? Yes,
1: that's right. And, um, and then I taught land law and, wow. um, and, and revenue law. So you can't get much drier than that, really. So, I was a very, I was a very sort of, I, I guess, conservative in, lawyer, really, you know, mm-hmm. conservative in thinking. So, I never, ever expected that I would end up knowing that there's an afterlife and that our spirits
0: survive. I could hear you, though, because as I was telling you before the show began, this is a topic right up my alley. Uh, I never planned on being a medium. Or a psychic. And you know, I everybody has such a unique story how we get here. I always said I never went looking for the paranormal. Not that I would call the afterlife the paranormal necessarily, but we lived in an extremely, extremely haunted house. My partner, he's been thrown 15 feet across our kitchen. It started out with this insane dream that happened. I'm getting goosebumps, as I'm telling you. Sixteen years ago. And it's like it happened 10 minutes ago. And it was something evil. It told me its name, told me how to spell it. And I had been raised Roman Catholic. I'd been forced to go to Catholic school and church every Sunday, never heard this name before. And it turned into the craziest story. We've actually shared it on the Travel Channel, one of their shows. So you meet people from all over the world. But my whole point is, you, we all come to this realization of there's something beyond death in different ways. And for yourself, you've written the book, obviously, right?
1: Absolutely, because I was just amazed at what happened. Mm-hmm. I had never expected it or anticipated it. You know, I thought that death was the end.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was totally and utterly heartbroken and devastated
0: imagine it was
1: yeah i mean grief grief is awful and then and then these signs started to come and i resisted believing them for a long time
0: okay so what kind of signs so people can see this because i'm going to share something very quickly before i get to the signs um i go on a lot of different podcasts and i had somebody contact me one night it was about 1240 at night and they'd had a guest cancel and you know they asked me would you come on and do readings and I usually don't do readings on air and I said well I guess I could the person that was supposed to come on um, wasn't able to make it the following day I guess their internet didn't work the day it was supposed to be planned. So they asked me to come on. I said, listen, I don't like especially to do mediumship readings. They're very personal. It takes me a little while to connect. I usually like a picture of the person and what have you. So they they, they were doing this to give back to their guests. And they were going to segue into your signs because there's a reason why I'm sharing this. And first thing I said on air is, I, I know when people hear medium, they want to hear from loved ones. This is kind of how my gift works and I really prefer not to do readings, first person. Well, I was gonna ask you for signs from so-and-so and a message and I said, well, is, is there anything else? No, really, that, that's all I really need. And I'm I'm saying in my head, as I call our angels and guides, spirit, I'm going, what are you doing to me? <laughs> and sure enough, every person that came on it was a mediumship reading and it's so many signs that were so pertinent to the person came through for me it was a sign I think from heaven if you will that I think I set up these parameters that I could only do it if I saw a picture or what have you when no that's not what it is and you had some very unique signs that's why I told that story because I think we all get signs very unique to ourselves
1: Uh, absolutely and I mean, I also had extraordinary readings from mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the signs were concerned, mm-hmm. well, in fact, to start with, okay, I didn't get the signs. My friends did.
0: Oh, and, okay. And looking
1: looking back on it now, I think that I was probably so immersed in grief. Yeah, I wasn't open to anything or didn't notice anything. Mm-hmm. but um, the first sign came just five days after Patrick my husband had died mm-hmm. and um, our mutual friend who is psychic mm-hmm. she she sent me a message on on WhatsApp actually and whatsapp is used a lot in the UK I don't think yeah, it's used all quite over so the world.
0: Much. Except right. really here.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's used so much in the USA. So it's a sort of, it's an app that sends texts and photographs and you can have groups on it. So you have family groups and things. And so but they somebody, have to know
0: your phone number, right? To connect. Oh, yeah. I have WhatsApp. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you, you create groups and then members of the group can post and everybody sees it. That's how WhatsApp works. Yes. Anyway, I had a WhatsApp from this friend, Jenny, five days after Patrick died. And she said, Louise, I don't know whether I should tell you this or not, but I'm going to. Um, This morning when I woke up, I was thinking about Patrick and I asked him to send a sign so that I knew he was okay. Mm -hmm. And she said, I asked him to send me a flame. Um, not a flame in a fireplace or on a candle, but a flame.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And she said, I thought that would be unusual. Yeah. So anyway. And anyway, then she went about her day and she was shopping and everything. She got all about it. And that evening when she went to draw her curtains, she looked out and she saw a flame in the neighbor's garden, a tall, thin flame. And she ran wow. and she got her camera, and she took a photograph of it, and she just got a photograph of it in time because then it disappeared.
0: Wow. And
1: and she said, I'm sure it was a a sign from Patrick. I don't believe in coincidences. Right. It was a sign. Mm -hmm. Now I got this, and I thought, well, hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, you know. And I thought, well, actually, I do believe in coincidences. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't anymore than
0: mm-hmm. I did then. That's so,
1: right. Yeah. So I thought, mm, no, no, you know, it'd be jolly nice, but mm-hmm. I'm not convinced. And and this same friend, um, she was then driving home from Patrick's funeral, and she had the radio on, and she said, Oh, Patrick can you send me a song that I can hear on the radio? She said, yeah. um, can I hear, I want you to want me by cheap trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she chose that because she said she'd never heard it on the radio mm-hmm. and it was, it would be unusual. Um, and anyway, she arrived home and it hadn't been on the radio. So there we go. The next morning, she went to the local railway station to pick up her parents who were coming by train to visit her. And as she was waiting for the train to come in, as she stood on the platform, guess what they played over the tannoy?
0: (laughs) Why do you want me by (laughs) I want you to
1: want me by cheap Mm Trick. And she thought, oh my God, that's Patrick again. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Patrick. Mm -hmm. So she had those signs. Another sign um, that another friend, also psychic, received was lights going on and off when she was thinking about Patrick. Mm-hmm. Another friend sort of saw feathers, which came from nowhere. That's
0: common, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, in the meantime, was not getting any signs. And all these friends were sort of contacting me and telling me about the signs they were getting. Um, and I thought, oh. Oh, you know,
0: I'm Um, his wife. Why am I not getting these signs? And everybody else is Mm -hmm.
1: exactly exactly So anyway, so I thought I would ask for a feather on a train And I was asking for that because the next day I was going to be getting a couple of trains Mm -hmm. um So anyway, the next day I got on the train and the carriage was quite full but there were a couple of empty seats just at the far end, so I quickly went and sat down there, and I glanced at the seat next to me, and there was a feather.
0: Oh, I'm almost and... in tears. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh,
1: and, and I thought, yeah, well, you know, it could be a coincidence. I was, I was a hard nut to crack. Looking back on it, Patrick was really
0: trying hard. But Patrick knew you too. If anybody knew you better than you knew yourself, probably Patrick did, right? Yes. So he knew you'd be a tough nut to crack. Yeah,
1: and he was—he was a very strong man and a very strong personality. Mm -hmm. And you know, he was determined. He was going to get this message through. Mm -hmm. So then. Oh, I, I then sort of got a couple of other feathers, which seemed a bit inexplicable, other than that they had been actually sort of placed there. There was one night I I left my clothes on the chaise longue in my bedroom, and in the morning there was a feather which was stuck aloft in the top of the clothes. Mm-hmm. And it it couldn't have just ended up there naturally because it was really stuck into my jumper, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so I thought, Oh, well, but you know, it's really easy to sort of to not believe what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. And to think, well, I don't quite know how it managed to get there. But there must be another reason. Mm -hmm. So I still wasn't convinced. And it was only really when the WhatsApp started that I I became sort of more persuaded. Mm -hmm. And what happened was uh, two or three months after he died, I went out and I left my mobile phone, my cell phone Mm -hmm. in the kitchen. And the house was empty and the house was locked and the house was silent. Mm -hmm. There's no radio on or no television on, nothing like that. And when I got back, I picked up my phone. And I was really amazed to see that there were a whole lot of words in the message box on WhatsApp, ready to send to Um, Maria. And she was a medium that I had consulted. And um, lots and lots and lots of words all in this message box ready to send to Maria. And I I couldn't work out how the words had got there. Now, some of the words were proper words, but generally it was gibberish. Mm -hmm. And I was going to delete this, and then I thought oh I don't know I'll just send it to Maria and say hey look this is what I found Mm -hmm. ready to send to you so I did that and I said what do you think and she came back and said no idea no idea really weird and then the next day I had a whatsapp from her and she said hey Louise I just picked up my phone and look what I found on my phone, ready to send to you. And it was, again, a whole lot of words, but it was a bit more comprehensible. And three times it said, darling, it's me.
0: Oh, I keep crying while you're talking and I'm not a crier, but oh, that's so beautiful.
1: And he always called me darling, you know, mm-hmm. that was and um, and he said and it said Valentine's Day 2019 and lilies and various other things that you know, but it was the darling, it's me, repeated and repeated that made me think, well, maybe maybe he is able to sort of manipulate WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. But I thought, well, maybe Maria was making it up. And Maria is lovely and very sensible and and there would be no reason at all... She
0: wouldn't do something like that. For her to
1: make it up. No reason Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. But, of course, I was desperately trying to find some sort of rational Mm -hmm. explanation. Mm -hmm. Some explanation that didn't involve spirits from the afterlife
0: can i ask you a question though that's been weighing on my mind it, it sounds like though that you and patrick maybe weren't completely close-minded to this because you've mentioned you have two friends that are psychic no. right mm-hmm. no
1: we weren't we in fact before he died we talked about it okay. and yeah and we both thought it was unlikely that um spirits survives death but mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't totally close our minds to it. Did he no.
0: tell you I, I, if it is true or like did you make an agreement that if we find that it's true that we'll try and let each other know or? No, we didn't actually.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think it thought, I don't think it occurred to either. I guess much. it
0: did to Patrick after though. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so no, we had not
1: closed our minds to it, but okay. we thought it unlikely. Okay. Anyway, these sort of whatsapps kept on coming but they came via Maria's phone and Maria was saying no I'm not doing this I'm not doing this but you know there was a tiny bit of me which was thinking Mm -hmm. maybe she is and it wasn't until the August that I knew for sure and it was the 6th of August and I know that because it was Patrick's daughter's birthday okay and I was out walking the dog on the common with the phone in my pocket yeah and I got back and I pulled the phone out of my pocket and I looked at the screen and the screen notified me that I had created two different whatsapp groups at six minutes past 11 that morning, one called Hamlin family, one called Hamlins, one consisting of Patrick and me, the other consisting of Patrick, his daughter and me. Mm -hmm. And I looked at this and I knew that I had not created these groups. I knew Mm -hmm. that the phone had been in my pocket. I also didn't know actually at the time how to create a group, you know, but Mm -hmm. I just stared at it and stared at it. And this was something that had come directly to my phone. I knew it wasn't me. And I thought, it's Patrick. It is Patrick saying hello to me and also giving his daughter a birthday present, saying hello to her as well, mm-hmm. letting us know that his spirit still survives. Mm-hmm. And do you know, Laura Lee? I looked at that phone and I just thought, yay! Patrick's spirit is still around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, my God, there really is life after death. Mm-hmm. Our spirits really do survive, and it completely changed my worldview.
0: Doesn't it? Because you know, I just I have a adult son with severe autism. Hi, Manuel Lopez. Thank you for popping in. He says, love and light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having a conversation with him because with no disrespect, he's very intelligent in some ways, but he's um, very much like at that precocious age of a five to seven year old child where they're a little bit independent, like he still believes in Santa Claus and, and things like that, right? But yeah, I've got to do everything as a mummy would for a child around five to seven. So he, he finds it, he can read and write though, and it's very terrifying for him about death and it would be for a child at that age right trying to figure it out like you know the person's no longer here so I could have a sneeze or a hangnail or something not that I complain about a hangnail but my son will say mommy you're not gonna die are you mommy you're not gonna die so I have to you know I've had to explain to him that everybody dies one day but I was really interesting that I just had this conversation with him And I said, but you know what? Because he watches superheroes and things like that. I said, do you know that we are immortal? I said, do you know what immortal means, right? And he said, yes. And I said, although we would all prefer to have everybody we love in body with us, in front of us, so we can feel them and touch them and hug them all the time, do you know that we go on forever? ever and ever and ever and ever. And he had the biggest smile on his face. but it's true. we do.
1: Yes mm-hmm. well yeah to you know I believe that now. In
0: fact mm-hmm. I'd go, I'd go beyond that. Mm-hmm. I know that now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a I, bo- I'm writing three books myself and my third one I'm collecting stories mainly from nurses but also first responders because I worked quite a bit in palliative care. I always say I've been so blessed to be there hundreds of times at the beginning of life working in the NICU with sick babies. And then when I worked in the community, I've hurt my back so I permanently, so I'm not able to return, which I'm sad about, but I wouldn't be doing this, right? So we got to embrace everything that happens in life, I always say, brings us to where we are. But I always say I've been so deeply honored and grateful to have had families ask me to be there as their loved one transitions as I call it back home and some of the things that we witness I believe as nurses because we are the ones that are at the bedside we're the ones that spend the most time with family and patients besides family or loved ones obviously but from a healthcare perspective and I know of so many nurses that do what I do as well as just have so many incredible amazing stories that defy logic and reason that there can be no other explanation like just the pictures and the things that you see so i'm writing a book about those stories actually and sharing them
1: oh well that's i mean that's brilliant Mm -hmm. and why i wrote my book was because i just found this so wonderful and I carried on getting extraordinary signs.
0: Um, I was going to ask you that yeah, next. So, yeah, so are uh, they still continuing or now that you know? They are, they are no, they
1: are very few and far between mm-hmm. now. But I did have some further extraordinary signs. I had, you know, books flying off bookshelves. Um, Ooh. Of the, yeah. Um,
0: did that scare you or did you know
1: oh, oh laurie i was the first time it happened i was
0: terrified yeah
1: because it was about two o'clock in the morning I was in bed but I was awake i mean you know when you're bereaved you can't sleep and yes. and i was lying in bed feeling very very sad and thinking oh Patrick why did you leave me mm-hmm. and suddenly there was a thump outside the bedroom door a really loud thump mm-hmm. and I was alone in the house and I was so scared I didn't I know what been it
0: was
1: yeah I didn't know what it was so I lay there frozen petrified and nothing further happened and so in the end I very tentatively got out of bed, and then I very boldly turned on the light and I went out to see what had happened or who was there, which was the worrying thing. Yes. And um, there was a book. A book had flown off the top bookshelf in the Mm -hmm. landing and had landed with a thump on the floor. And it had obviously flown with a lot of velocity because it was some way from the mm-hmm. bookcase. Mm-hmm. And um, there was no draft, there were no windows open, mm-hmm. you know, no, no, no rational mm-hmm. explanation of how this book had happened. And I, and I just thought, oh, that's Patrick telling me that, no, he hasn't left me.
0: I was just going to ask you, what, how yes. did you interpret it? So, d- yeah. did he have a bit of a temper? Not like an uh, angry temper, but kind of like very emphatic, like, I have not left you and through yes. the book. Yeah. Oh, oh, he was an alpha male. He okay. was, t- yeah, he was a total alpha
1: male. Because
0: that's what I'm and, feeling. I'm, and I always say that's my sign for truth. I'm starting to get goosebumps. It's not cold in here. Yes. I'm going to tell you something. I don't normally do this, but before the show, I asked Pat Patrick. I said if if you're able to and it's an agreement with yourself, I would love for you to be a part of the show. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get an EVP. Maybe we'll get something. I don't know, but I keep getting goosebumps, and it's not cold in here. So we'll see what happens. And I don't normally ask things like that, but I I said to him if if you feel that it's appropriate or you you know you'd like to jump in, you're more than welcome. So we'll see maybe what we hear or if anybody hears anything in the chat.
1: Okay, that would be lovely, mm-hmm. and you know, I do feel that he's around mm-hmm. all the time, really, so yeah, so maybe he will, maybe he will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, another time a book fell off, and this time I wasn't so scared, though again, it was in the middle of the night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I had been searching for the binoculars, because um, I had wanted to look at the birds. And Patrick and I had been interested in birds. Okay. And I couldn't find the binoculars anywhere. And um, anyway, that night again, there was a thump. This time I was less scared. Again, I waited just to check that it wasn't Mm -hmm. somebody. But no, no further noise. So I went out. And yes, another book had flown off the top shelf and was on the ground. And I knelt down to pick it up. And as I was on the floor picking it up, I saw the binoculars which had been chucked. Okay. They'd been chucked into the bottom shelf of the bookcase. Mm-hmm. A really silly, silly place to put them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, heaven knows why they were there. And I would never have found them.
0: Because I I was going to ask you if the books were significant that had come out or they'd opened to a significant part. So the second one, obviously, was meant to show you that he knew that when you bent down to pick up the books, you would see the binoculars, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: And um, I mean, the first book that fell out, it was Started Early, Took My Dog by Kate Atkinson. And I didn't see any significance in it, apart from the fact that I knew that book had been on the top shelf so you know I uh, and I, I knew it had been sort of firmly on the top shelf mm-hmm. but anyway
0: but I, any, I maybe he knew though if you think about it right that it would get your attention like I haven't left you I'm here I'm here I'm here and then now that you knew that it was him right I don't know, yes. maybe he put the binoculars I keep feeling maybe in that spot for whatever reason. Men think very differently than women, obviously. <laughs> so well, there, was, there was a reason probably, but then he probably knew you'd never find them with the way he was he'd put them there for what reason, right? So well also
1: I mean also it's it's possible. I'm not the tidiest person in the world, and it's possible that I had stuck them there thinking I'd put them away another time and I'd forgotten I hear you. about it. Who knows? I don't know. But
0: Patrick knew where they were. That's the main thing. Patrick,
1: Patrick, <laughs> Patrick showed me where they were. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And so and cool. I felt very grateful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then another time I was playing Bridge, which is a card game, mm-hmm. and four people play. So yeah. I was playing with my three friends, mm-hmm. and we were around a card table. Um, in a room in my house and um, when you play bridge you have two packs of cards mm-hmm. and you play the first hand with one pack and then the next hand with the other pack and so on and so forth so we played the first hand with the red pack perfect then we played with the blue pack then we got the red pack again for the third hand and my friend jane was dealing and she was a uh, card short. So we thought, oh, you know, she's misdealt. It happens. Mm-hmm. And so we all counted our cards to see who'd got an extra card. And nobody had. So we ah. thought, oh, we thought, oh, the, you know, the card must have somehow fallen off the table. So we looked on our laps and we looked on the floor and we stood up and shook ourselves and we looked and we looked. And we could not find the missing card anywhere. And we knew the pack had been complete mm-hmm. the first hand. So then we thought we'd see what the card was. And in fact, you know, my friends were saying, "Oh, it could be Patrick. I bet it's a heart." And it was. It was the nine of hearts. And um, so they said, "Oh, is the nine significant?" And I said, well, no, no, I don't know why it's a nine. I mean, if it'd been a queen of hearts or an ace of hearts, yeah, yeah I'd have taken it, but mm-hmm. a nine, don't know. And then, I don't know, do you do tarot, Laurelie? Mm-hmm. Right, so you will know that actually the nine of cups is a lovely card
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and means great love.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I didn't know that at the time. But then a couple of days later, I was telling my friend how this nine of hearts had just disappeared from the card table. And she said, oh, well, the nine of cups is the most lovely, lovely card, Louise, and that's a fabulous card for Patrick to have sort of chosen to give you a message.
0: such so beautiful.
1: And what what I think was extraordinary about that was my friends were there and they saw it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just me. Mm -hmm. Um, So they knew, too, that Patrick was sending signs.
0: It's so beautiful because I don't know, have you ever heard of the website? It's called channelingeric.com. No, but maybe I should. Yes, because um it was about it's about what if how it starts. It's a mother that's a doctor that's an atheist, a mother of five children, and her parents were doctors. I believe they are originally from Scandinavia, but they live over in the US and Texas. And her third child was a boy, Eric. And as he got older, he developed very serious uh, threat syndrome and really, really untreatable bipolar disorder. And again, they were all staunch science, like, we don't believe in an afterlife, we don't believe, we're, an, we're atheists. And very sadly, um, and his mother was the one that found him, Eric committed suicide, and um, Obviously, they were beside themselves, as as if you've all gone through that kind of loss of any kind, such as yourself or her, you would, would definitely know what I'm saying. Words aren't enough to express it. But what happened, what really changed her mind, there were little signs like he was a real jokester and he had a very, um, I want to say foul, kind of a potty mouth, like he would use a lot of curse and swear words. And it's just who Eric was. And apparently had very very smelly socks there's reason for this and he also liked to partake we'll say in the green stuff that's out there that people like to smoke okay that start with an m and then with an a just because we're on youtube okay so all the people in the family start experiencing these weird things like the smell of his socks or the smell of the green stuff or just little funny weird things that I don't know, maybe they could happen, maybe they couldn't. But his mother started experiencing more and more, and the biggest thing for her was, her father called her from Scandinavia, and said, I I think I'm going crazy. And she said, what do you mean, dad? And he said, I um, was just sitting there, he said, and Eric appeared to me like he would have as a four-year-old, and he sat on my lap and he touched my face and said, I love you, papa and he and they thought they were going crazy like what's going on like we don't believe in an afterlife and the grief was just beyond words and his mother did the same thing started checking out mediums and going to more and more mediums and there were things that she was being told that nobody would know which I want to get into with you because I know there's some very unique things and what had happened was um you know it went on and on and she started thinking there's there's too many coincidences here there's just this is beyond coincidence so she started doing more and more research she eventually put together a youtube channel and a website and she paid for this all out of her own pocket because people wouldn't believe her but she connected with eric on the other side and eric would bring people through whom she would interview through the medium And uh, some were quite controversial, like even Jesus and Mother Mary and quite a few people. Now, believe it or not, I mean, you could hear sometimes EVPs or electronic voice phenomena coming through with Eric's voice. Uh, One of the mediums was a trans channeler. So she actually let Eric use her body like really phenomenal interesting stuff i'll send you some information on it afterwards if you want but check it out and see what you think and he's his mom's now doing a lot more energy type healing and stuff with direction but he you know what i i he visited me in my previous home i am positive he did numerous times with what was going on in there Nothing scary but i think as a positive type presence but uh, he definitely made himself very well well known when he when he appears. So there's another example, not quite obviously nothing close to your story, but different in a way. But I think our loved ones let us know for whatever reason.
1: I think I think they do. And one of the reasons I wrote the book was because talking to people who've been bereaved, mm-hmm. I began to realize that actually. Lots of people have had signs, mm-hmm. but they haven't dared tell anybody about yes. it for fear of being thought
0: crazy, crazy, or that you're just you've lost your mind with grief. Yes. You're imagining. Yes, it. yes, it's
1: all wishful mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. And the more I talked to people, the more common this became, and mm-hmm. people would then say, "Well, yes, actually." you know, when I said I'd had signs, they'd say, oh, well, actually, I think I did as well, but I haven't told anybody, you know, and then they would describe what had happened. And you would say, yeah, of course, that was a sign. Of course Mm -hmm. it was. Um, And I thought it's so sad that people didn't really believe their own experience because people don't know how common it is to get signs and so I wanted my book to validate the experience of other people who think they might have I signs. I love that. Yeah mm-hmm. because it is it is more common than people acknowledge.
0: Well plus when in and, and I'm I do a lot of work with people that are grieving as well and you know and I explained that the, it's not with any judgment or any fault of anybody, but with everything being energy from a scientific perspective, right? And one of the laws of physics is, you know, energy can't be created nor destroyed, but transferred from one place to another. You know, you I don't know, depending on how much you get into this, I, I would be called, I guess, what you would call collectively a light worker. And uh, you know, one of the things I used to hear in the beginning of all this was you need to raise your vibration. Raise your vibration. What the heck are these people talking about? And then I realized, you know, by making ourselves happy, by letting in nature and laughing, and that's raising our energy, right? But when we're grieving, and that's where I was going with this, so no fault of our own. Uh, it's a natural process. There is no timetable. Um, I it's like it never goes away It just with time almost a different type of if you will normal starts to grow around it I believe but um, when we're in that space our energy is so low our vibration is so low too and I was reading Um, some of the things that were shared with what Gavin sends when he sends authors and you know because I'd like to get into that with you as well because I think you put some really useful things in there for people that want to help But don't know how to help when their friend is bereaved such as yourself It's enough just to just even just wake up and get yourself out of bed, isn't it when you're in in the level of that grief?
1: Oh, I think you've just described bereavement really well and the way I, the, I was gonna the add three... one more
0: thing i'm sorry i was just gonna have one yeah. thing where, and i realized i missed it thank you though um but when we're at that low vibrational energy is what i was going to say it's so difficult when somebody is across the veil if you will to be able to make that connection i think for ourselves like you know what i mean there's a little bit of a separation but like attracts like and so you i think i love that you've written this book because i think there are a lot of signs, but we miss some because of what we're going through. Sorry, go ahead and I didn't mean to yes. cut you off there. No, 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 not at
1: all. And I mean, I think this is possibly why I didn't get the signs yes. directly from Patrick to start mm-hmm. with. Because yeah. I I was in a very, very black mm-hmm. place. I really mm-hmm. was. I should think I hardly vibrated at all, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um and Possibly he tried to send signs to me directly and I wouldn't have seen them. I I was in a trance-like state, actually. I really was. And in fact, that's so interesting, what you've just said about how to raise your vibrations with letting in light and laughter and nature. Because Mm -hmm. I read books and I sort of, read that you needed to raise your vibrations to I hate that term I can't carry that all the time you need
0: to raise your vibration I know that (laughs) and I didn't I didn't know what it meant
1: either yeah but but I Mm -hmm. read somewhere that if you meditated it raised your vibrations Mm -hmm. and actually I started to meditate and I did find that meditate helped calm the sort of the churning liquid inside me you know i felt as though i had this really dark deep lake inside me i felt i didn't have any boundaries i was just liquid and it was all churning and Mm -hmm. it it, horrid sensation horrid and meditation did actually just calm my inside a little bit but Mm -hmm. i love your way of saying you raise your vibrations by bringing in light and laughter and nature. That's brilliant.
0: Yeah, when I talk, cause I I, I never like I said, I, I never I might have said this when we were off air, maybe I did or when we first started, but I never went looking for this stuff. It found me and I wouldn't be doing like the experience we had. And I know I shared a little bit before at the beginning of the show and off air. Probably I remember when we first talked briefly. I, I, I never went looking for this. It found us. And I always say I would not wish what we went through on a blade of grass. But do I look back with anger or or regret? No, because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. That's why I, I, I said it earlier. I say embrace it all because it makes us who we are today. And, you know, that's what's important. Like you said, like I said, with raising your vibration, I kept thinking, what the heck does that mean? And so I kept actively searching, you know, what does that mean? And so when I'm speaking to people that are grieving or, or you know, especially with mediumship, you know, we all have a go-to movie that we know is going to make us laugh. You could have seen it a hundred times. So I'll say that to people, like put that movie on, have some people over that you know that they don't care if your house is tidy. They don't care about anything. They're just here to come and spend time. They wanna be with you. We have people like that in our lives. We do just something that makes you feel good, that can try and make you smile even for a moment, especially when you're, you know, where, where you were at. And it's not like it's always completely gone, even though we know that our, you know, we go on forever. I actually said this when I was explaining about my son, that we would all rather have our loved one in the flesh. I mean, I know that they're with us, but it's not the same, is it? obviously.
1: No, it's not the same, but mm-hmm. it is a huge consolation to know that mm-hmm. the relationship continues.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, I carry on loving my husband. Yes. But, and, and I think this is the crucial thing. I carry on feeling him loving me.
0: Yes. yes.
1: And, you know, that's wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's really wonderful. And, yes, I carry around grief inside me. And mm-hmm. the grief is sort of part of my body now, really, and mm-hmm. part of who I am. But it, it is no longer something that completely overwhelms me Mm -hmm. as it did after he first died so yeah it just becomes integrated into the person you become
0: it it does and that's one of the biggest messages that i find that i get from loved ones because i always find and the biggest strangest thing for me i'm very clear audience so do i hear voices no because it's so hard to explain, but it's like in the mind, the eye, but I, I can hear a spirit. Like I can really hear them. And how mediumship started for me very quickly, I, and it's in one of my newer gifts. And I think we can all do this, too. I do? I really, really do. It's just unlocking kind of how it works best for each one of us, is I happen to be out Christmas shopping. And I was very lucky with a few of my patients um, that I looked after them in the NICU as premature babies. And then when I worked out in the community, because of some health issues the little ones had, they ended up requiring nursing care out in the community. So I would see them again. And there was one little boy, it was a twin, a little girl and a little boy, and the little boy ended up with cerebral palsy. And so I looked after him for many weeks in the hospital, him and his sister as infants, and then out in the community. And then I had hurt my back, so I wasn't able to go back to work. And I happened to be out, like I said, Christmas shopping many years later. And I ran into his mom. And as I was, I said, Hey, she said, Hey, she gave me a big hug. And as she hugged me, I heard her say, And I don't cry easy, but I'm going to (laughs) cry. I heard, tell my mommy I love her. And I, I, I looked around and then she said, Dylan passed away a couple weeks ago. And I said, honey, you were gonna think this is crazy, but before you told me, I already knew because I just heard, tell my mommy I love her. And then I, that weekend, I had a couple really unusual things with past patients coming through. And, and that's how it started.
1: Wow. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How brilliant.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think I had said to you, too, I also studied... Um, and I share this to go along with, with your book to say, yes, I'm so grateful that you've written this book and from the perspective you've had, rather than going through the stages of, of grief and that people are supposed to expect that it comes one after another, after another. There is no timetable. There is no, there's, yes, somebody has identified steps, but you can go one step forward, three steps back, and then this way, and then that way. There's no rhyme or reason to it, right? It's very, very personal.
1: Hey. And I mean another reason I wrote the book was because again in my grief I was looking to read about bereavement generally. Mm-hmm. And I found all these books written by people who were sort of writing about it from the outside looking in. in. And they were so called experts and you know, and they would say about the stages of grief and this and that and the other. But I didn't feel that it was written from the heart. It wasn't written from their personal experience. And so what I have done is I have written about my own personal experience of grief. It may not be the same as anybody else's, but I have written how it was for me. And I thought that people might just find that that resonates with them. And they can see that grief doesn't follow this sort of strange, strange pattern that we're told it follows.
0: I'm so grateful that you did. And then I think I was reading some of the points I, that Gavin had said. And you know what? I just loved it because I've, I've really tried to educate both my kids about this, that when your loved one passes away or somebody's loved one, everybody's there. Everybody's sending food. Everybody's there. And then within the week after it goes, and the weeks that follow, I've let both my kids really, really know this, that that becomes, that becomes a difficult, tough part because everybody, you know, goes on with their lives. And, and you're left with these intense emotions, especially if something happens very suddenly and the shock. And then, you know what I mean? And I find a lot of people tend to not want to contact the person because maybe they don't want to they think they're gonna upset them or they don't want to make them cry or whatever it may be but I loved some of the points that you had shared and I know when I was reading what Gavin had sent what you found deeply helpful and I'm wondering if you could share that with our audience please because I think people want to connect but they're afraid because they don't want to make the person cry or or feel they're gonna upset them or what can they do to be helpful
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I found really, really hurtful and difficult was when I met people and they started talking to me and they didn't mention Patrick Yeah, <laughs> or, or that he had died. And I know that I sort of met uh, a fellow granny at the the school gate just very shortly after patrick had died and she didn't say anything to me at all about what had happened and i i was really really upset and then i saw her again a few days later and the children had just gone off and she said oh i'm sorry about patrick i didn't like to say anything when i saw you last week because You know the the children were around, <clears throat> and I thought how silly is that The children have lost their grandfather, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they need everybody also to be saying mm-hmm. how really sad that he has gone mm-hmm. they They need to hear that his yeah. his his death is acknowledged as mm-hmm. well, and they don't need people pretending that you know everything is and hunky dory Mm -hmm. and even today i still find that when people talk to me about patrick and just mention him casually in the conversation or say oh patrick would have liked that or Mm -hmm. oh can you imagine how patrick would have reacted or do you remember when Mm -hmm. patrick did that i love it Mm -hmm. i absolutely love that Mm -hmm. and so and somebody said to me oh i didn't i didn't mention patrick because i
0: didn't want to upset him. that's what it is i and, find it's not that people want to hurt you but they're afraid no. of tears or- <clears throat> and i thought well how stupid is that
1: i'm upset anyway mm-hmm. uh, uh, and do they think that i've forgotten about patrick and if they start mentioning him I'll suddenly remember i mean you know it doesn't work like that mm-hmm. Pat- <clears throat> patrick is always in my mind mm-hmm. and so i want i want other people to just to, to celebrate his life if you like i was just gonna say the word it.
0: celebrate like celebrate yes. him let's remember yes. him let's talk exactly. about him especially because exactly. you know he's still he goes on forever and yes exactly mm-hmm. exactly
1: Great. and um you know what somebody was around the other day and he was saying oh you know patrick used to really annoy me when he did so and so and so and so and, so and, so. and i i thought that was really funny you know yeah. i loved it i loved the fact that he could talk about how irritating and annoying patrick could mm-hmm. be it was you know as if he was still thinking of patrick in existence yeah
0: no it's you important because michelle yes. is here from australia i'm going to share dave's message and then michelle dave said we were talking a little bit ago he said beautiful yes we can continue our relationships with those who have passed it's not goodbye it's right. I think it's until we see you again, because I believe we see all our loved ones again when we yes. transition back home ourselves. But Michelle, who I know has had a loss over the last year herself from Australia, she said something I learned is not to reach is not to not reach out. I think so. I, a quick hello text goes a long way, and it does just to let someone know you're thinking of them.
1: Yes, I th- mm-hmm. I think that's Right, Michelle.
0: Mm-hmm. You and would...
1: I, oh, go ahead I sorry. also. I mean, another thing I think is that a lot of people said to me, oh, "Well, you know, let me know if there's anything I can do."
0: I don't know what you need, right?
1: And when you're absolutely distraught with grief, you don't have the bandwidth in your head to think. Yes, I need some shopping or anything like that. Or I haven't
0: eaten in two days because the food is the last thing on my mind. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. So the friends who just came round and said, here is a meal for you. I'm putting it on the table. You sit down and eat it.
0: And eat, yeah. They
1: were were the friends who were wonderful. The friends Mm -hmm. who came round and said, oh, I've come to take the dog for a walk. Mm -hmm. They were the friends. Who, who understood that you just need to go and do something unasked because nobody who is deep, deeply grieving is going to have the wherewithal to pick up the phone and say, Please, could you
0: do this? You know what I like that you're sharing this, and I'm so grateful for your book, is because most people are insensitive to lust. I find that they're afraid of saying, they think they're going to say the wrong thing. Or, Or, you know what, if somebody, like say they brought up Patrick's name and you started to cry, then it makes people uncomfortable. But what they don't realize is, you need that needs to have it's okay to cry it's okay i mean tears can be very healing and you know I especially what you just said there coming right from the heart that instead of just you know dropping off with maybe you're not up for company or what have you but like bringing it over hot and I'm, I'm just gonna leave it on a plate here i want you to eat or doing the washing up for you or taking the dog for a walk or picking up some groceries and people would might use the excuse well i don't know what she needs what would you need at the grocery store if you needed a few things, right? Like that simple. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, (laughs) I think that's that's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And yes, I think that a lot of people are scared. I mean, Mm -hmm. one thing is that people for a long time would say, oh, how are you? And you would often know. That they didn't really want to know. You
0: know, they <laughs> are <laughs>
1: just being polite. But, you know, they were just yeah. being polite. Mm-hmm. And I found it quite troublesome because I didn't know how to reply. And I knew that they wanted me to say, oh, I'm fine. I'm
0: fine. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or,
1: okay. Um, but, you know, I couldn't do that because it was a lie. And also I felt it was rather disrespectful to patrick to suggest that i was fine Mm -hmm. when he died and i wasn't um and in the end i worked out that if i just said oh i'm taking one day at a time that would satisfy them that sort of satisfied the social niceties and it was also truthful and People who really, really wanted to know how you are, they could then, you know, say, "Yeah, but
0: how that, really that, are you?"
1: That, <laughs> yeah, that mm-hmm. must mean that you're still, still on a tightrope. Mm-hmm. But for most people, that was a sufficient answer. And I was really, I was really pleased when I worked out how to reply to this question, "How are you?" Because it's, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky
0: one. I'm so glad you are sharing what you're sharing here because this is going to be so helpful for a lot of people because I'm going to say it again. I, I haven't met many people that purposely are disrespectful or you know, they think they're doing the right thing, but then they don't know what the right thing is because just as we've talked, I'd love to go back to some of the experiences and what people experience from loved ones when they pass. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about what is the things that would be helpful. How could, you know, it's okay if the person you bring up has passed away or they cry or, or whatever that may be. So people know because we don't talk about these things.
1: That's quite right. And
0: mm-hmm. and we should. Mm-hmm. We guaranteed, should. if you're born, guaranteed, and I'm not being morbid here, we're going to die. We are. Uh, we're all going to die. So yes. it should be as normal as not celebrating the passing of someone so much, but how to best support somebody while they are going through that, which we will all experience sometime in our lifetime, just as we know how to celebrate birth to be able to be able to support people. I believe when their loved ones pass, I, that should be just as natural, but it's not.
1: I think that's so right. Lorne. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. Mm-hmm. And I think that every, every conversation that can contribute to Mm -hmm. helping people both cope with loss and supporting people who are grieving Mm -hmm. every conversation must be a good conversation
0: i agree and and like i said the only reason i've had the conversations that i have with my children because i've been around death so much you know professionally but also from a personal perspective especially when it came to palliative care and this is a question i asked a boyfriend many years ago i think i was in second year of university and his dad had passed a few years previous to me going out with him but his dad had cancer and it was about a year or two after his diagnosis when he finally passed and i've never forgotten this question i asked him And I've never forgotten the answer he gave me. And I guess I felt comfortable to ask it at that time. But I said, did you find it easier to process the loss of your father with the amount of time you had with the diagnosis versus somebody that passes very suddenly? And he said, no, it was no different. And the fact, even though you knew it was coming, it was like your mind wouldn't let you know it was real. So you still went through that kind of shock and all the emotions. Now, of course, I know that. But back then, being as young as I was, I, I didn't. I was glad that he was that honest with me. But like I said, I, I think as parents, to be able to educate our children about that, but it, it's just such a taboo subject. Yet, Depending on what culture you're in and uh, where you live, you know, like I, I know it was over in the UK and I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but they were starting to try, they made this series trying to normalize talking about death and dying and grief and, and what have you. And I'm not trying to be morbid here, but I, I really believe that it's a topic that I wish we were more comfortable with because then we could have some of these beautiful conversations, like, like you said, so many people once that door is open right? But- yes,
1: yes. And I think that death is still taboo to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, um, you know, have never seen a dead body. Oh true. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's a pity that death is sort of hidden away in our modern Western society. It is. Uh, yeah but but i think things are changing i mean i think that people are beginning to realize that it, it is a good idea to talk about death
0: well i always thought it was interesting because they were looking at different um cultural practices in this series i think that was on facebook where i'd seen it and one of the things I did like was the Irish wake, right? Because it was very normalized where people celebrated the person's life when they passed and the children were brought in. And again, not necessarily all the practices behind it, but the theory of it, of celebrating the person's life, or like I said, in the book, let's get back to that. So have you put a section in there, Louise, where, you know, sort of to educate people, or did you just do it all from your personal perspective? Like, like, some of the things you've shared on here can be so helpful for people to hear this, I think, like, what helped you? Well,
1: I I wrote the book very much as a personal account. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I, I cannot tell other people.
0: I love it. how
1: how how to grieve or how to cope with bereavement Mm -hmm. but what i did do was i just described how i felt what helped me what didn't help me and i just wanted to give a very very honest and personal account which is what i did
0: I like that, though, because can I ask you to and again, I feel like I'm grilling you here, but I really appreciate your honesty. What else did you not find helpful? Because, like I said, that's what I find mostly from people is they're so afraid of saying or doing the wrong thing versus. You know, just yes. saying. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, I'm trying to think now it was it was basically people just Trying not to talk about it and trying to—I I, suppose—treat me as if nothing had happened. That—that was the worst thing, the the least helpful thing.
0: So trying um, to avoid discussing to avoid, Patrick or what had happened yes, then. Okay. Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, what what else was not very helpful? Well, again, I think I think I've said it. People saying, oh, well, you know, how, how can I help when I didn't know how they could help? Um, and, and people would say, oh, well, you know, I don't suppose that you feel like doing anything yet, you know, coming to, out for supper or going to the cinema or anything, but you know, let, let me know when you feel like going out again. Things like that. And, of course, I was never going to let them know when I felt like going out I'm again.
0: ready now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, abs- absolutely r- ridiculous. And I realized that people were saying it from a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it d- just didn't work. It,
0: um, no, but these are things I appreciate that because you've been through this and you know how it feels for yourself. We do have a question, but please continue sharing. Um, oh, well, that—that that
1: I think is. I well, think something I come else to the end. pops think- up yeah i, I kind of, think I've come, i think i've come to the end of things that I, weren't helpful i kind uh, of just
0: kind of just put you on the spot because we're talking about things that are helpful but we do have a question from michelle she said i ask and i love this question have you had any um have you had any dreams about patrick
1: yes i have mm-hmm. and in fact funnily enough i had one just about three days ago
0: okay.
1: uh, three, ni- three nights ago i i should say and it was very vivid and uh, yes and i was with him and it was lovely it was really lovely um and i've had some other dreams about him they've all been they've all been lovely though in the dreams he usually can't come with me so so I I have said in the dreams, so, oh you know, come come, and he said I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but when I do dream about him, I always wake up and I have a lovely warm glow inside, Aww. which is which is very very nice. So
0: yeah,
1: I yes, always say to I do people, dream.
0: yeah, when they're when they're bereaved, as you've called it, and I love that term. I think it encompasses most people understand that term that some of the easiest ways I think for our loved ones to connect with us especially in the beginning like how you've described and again rightfully so that I mean it was just enough probably just to wake up you know you just you're on zombie mode I hate to call it that but it's just like you're on autopilot basically right like you just there's not words to describe it. But my, my point, where I was going with this, is that I think that that's the easiest place and way for our loved ones to connect with us is in our dreams.
1: Yes, it will. It mm-hmm. could well be. i mean, mm-hmm. I. I have had the smell of his aftershave as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, you've been awake.
1: And, and well, yes.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, but
1: when when I've been in bed and mm-hmm. I but. But I read somewhere that it's actually quite difficult for spirits to make a smell. I don't know
0: whether that's I true. Or that. not. I don't believe that. Right. I don't believe that. No. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what, though? That's interesting because I wanted to ask you. I'm glad you brought that up because I always say for myself, I know I can't speak for everybody else, but I know I'm never going to know all the answers until I transition back home myself. I say. But um, the reason why I don't agree with the smell being difficult is because I am telling you the amount of smells, like, and that's where I was going and I got off on another tangent. The biggest shock to me uh, with mediumship was being so clairaudient and hearing spirit in the mind's eye, I'll say, I'm not hearing voices, is it was like going to a different country. I speak French and some Spanish and English, okay? So with mediumship, And I was expecting to hear it because I hear no, sometimes they will show you, sometimes you'll hear them. Sometimes you'll just feel them. Sometimes you'll smell them. I I mean, I could go on and on the way they come through and they communicate some just come through with symbols. Like it was just so odd for me compared to always relying on the fact that I had that hearing sense. So that's why I was saying I don't agree necessarily that it's difficult for a smell because I've had many a spirit come through and it'll be this unusual smell or a perfume or an aftershave, and you'll describe it and the personal, oh, oh, that's, that's so-and-so's or that's so-and-so's. Or, so I think I truly like to believe that our loved ones, when they're on the other side, Will come through in the best way possible to let us know, as their loved ones still here on earth, that it's them. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, that does make sense. And, you know, Patrick, he was a lawyer. Yes. He used to write a lot because he would, you know, write for work. And he was a judge and
0: brilliant too. I'm sure. Yes, yes, he was. You said,
1: and he was a judge, so you know he would he would be writing his judgments and things. Um, And it seems to me that he chose WhatsApp to use as a medium to contact me because that's all about writing. Okay, you know that was that was his special skill so whether that's right or not I don't know but that's I don't what
0: think I there is any right or wrong answers and when people ask me questions about things like you're not asking me you just are sharing it right yeah I always say that I believe that if you believe or you feel that this is the best way that that Patrick and you understand it like you said it's a writing type app and With the writing that he did it has to be right it has to be right because i don't think that any of us are in an authority position to be able to tell somebody else no that's wrong or that's right because i did you know i wish i did know patrick but i don't maybe in spirit one day you know what it'll be but what i'm saying is you knew him best so if you really felt that that's why he chose that and he knew you best it has to be right
1: yeah yeah -hmm. it makes sense to me anyway Yes. it makes
0: sense to me too same as with the the aftershave or the did you say cologne or like a
1: it was aftershave aftershave yeah.
0: okay yeah um yeah. i know i remember i think it was in the notes that gavin had sent too and i've seen this myself before that you had you had spoken with a medium i believe it was about five days after patrick had passed
1: oh yeah i i mean i I didn't really believe in an afterlife. But on the other hand, on the <laughs> other hand, I was I was desperate to mm-hmm. know that he was mm-hmm. all right. Yes. I was really worried about him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and so I went to a medium mm-hmm. very soon after he died and was desperate to communicate with him. And anyway, it was a bit of a disaster. The, uh the medium just didn't say anything that sort of resonated with me or m- made me think that she was in touch with him. And in fact, towards the end, she became a bit sort of irritated, and rather rather ratty with me, because I kept on saying, well, no, no. And she, and she, really, she really did actually sort of snap at me at the end. Um, so, that was not a good experience. So was it your fault. No, I know. I know. No, no, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess she was very frustrated, so it was yeah. not a good, not a good experience. But I'm pleased to say that I tried again.
0: I'm glad. And you did.
1: yes, and I, I guess I want to, you know, spread the word that if you do go to a medium, and for whatever reason it doesn't work for you. It is worth having a second go.
0: I almost feel like maybe she might have been picking up on somebody else around you, possibly because it it, it just didn't work for me at all. I but have anyways. to tell you, you gotta have. You, that's been the hardest part for me with mediumship. I'm gonna be honest with y'all out there. Is I can tell you, I usually get people to record a reading so they're not writing notes, and I always tell them some of the stuff's gonna come through, and you're gonna say. I had no idea what you're talking about. But I said, hang on to it, because maybe a couple months from now, what have you. But the point is, with mediumship, I can't tell you, and I understand that this was a very, it wasn't as successful. And sometimes that happens. And I tell people, we're not 100%, right? We're human too, right? But the point is, with mediumship, I can't tell you the amount of people that people will say, no, no, that's, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then by the end of it, or usually a day or two later, they'll be talking to a friend or a family member, and then they'll go, oh, wow. I understand that wasn't your experience, and I'm so glad that you tried again. But the point I wanted to make, I think it was something I had read, because I've seen this before, that people will say you're not supposed to contact people immediately after they pass, that you may not be able to get, get through to them. Now, what was your thought about that? Did you feel that that was true? Or? Well,
1: well, actually, um, the I phoned another medium up quite soon Good. after the, the the first core <laughs> experience. Yeah, and um, all I I found this medium on the internet, mm-hmm. and she lived about one and a half hours away from me. Right, and and I phoned her up and i said hi my name's louise i didn't give her my surname and um i'd like to come and see you because my husband died in february Mm -hmm. so that was the only thing she knew about me and her immediate reaction was oh that might be a bit too too soon Mm -hmm. um and then she said on the phone." oh, he died in the middle of February, didn't he? And I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And then she said, oh, he died on the 16th of February. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, he died on the 18th. Mm -hmm. He he lost consciousness on the 16th. So he was then in a coma for 48 hours. And she said, and she said it with great certainty Oh, well he's telling me he died on the 16th and that's what i'm writing down mm-hmm. i love that because i thought i can quite understand why he thought he had died on the 16th because I- he he hadn't been able to communicate
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and it it made sense for him to feel that he sort of left i want to share
0: something i'm on first the 16th him. okay
1: and uh, what i also thought was what's It just just shows that it wasn't telepathy, even though that is amazing, because Mm -hmm. in my mind, he died on the 18th. But I just thought, you know, she must be in contact with him.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna share something here. Now, again, I don't have all the uh, answers. This is just my experience. And what I believe has been shared, as I call collectively from spirit on the other side plus I've spoken with many people that are mediums and psychics with their loved ones is when, with what your Patrick went through, you said he had lost consciousness. And again, I'm very sorry for your loss. And it was on the 16th. Okay. Yes. I believe that our soul, if you will, our etheric body is able to leave the body and transition Before the physical body actually stops breathing and the heart stops So that could be maybe why he was saying he died on the 16th. Yes Mm -hmm. That could well be Again, because i'm telling you i've had so and again I don't have all the answers and I could be wrong and only patrick will probably tell you that when it's your turn Mm. to meet up with him again, but um, I've had many whose who's family members are going through something similar and they'll come to them and tell them that I've already I've already crossed over, um, can, can go back and forth if you will, don't quite ha- understand how it works, but they're able to leave the body yet they're still their heart's still beating, they're still breathing. Um, yeah, Dave just said great point, Lorely. And and again, I, have I have I witnessed or experienced this myself? No, but I know that I've worked with many that have or you know have supported them while they were going through the loss. So to me, I'm wondering if that's maybe why
1: Maybe. It, yeah, mm. it it could well be.
0: And because... going back to oh, oh sorry. Ahead. No, you go ahead.
1: Yeah, Getting back to your point how You've given readings and people have said no, no, and then later have said come round to it. I had an experience a bit like that Mm -hmm. later on of quite a few months after Patrick Mm -hmm. had died. And um, I was seeing a very good medium. uh, And um, she said, oh, there's a woman here. A woman's Mm -hmm. come in. And you know, I wasn't very interested in that. I didn't want a woman. I wanted—I don't actually. want to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, she said, um, "Oh, she's she's got brown hair, brown eyes. She's quite short. She's very she's very feisty. Mm-hmm. She she would call a a spade a spade. She's mm-hmm. you know, very strong-minded, and um, I think she could be quite difficult. And um, Oh, she's your (laughs) (laughs) mother-in-law.
0: I definitely don't want to talk to her right now.
1: (laughs) So so I said, no, no. My mother-in-law was very gentle. She was blonde. She was tall. She had blue eyes. No, Mm -hmm. um, that totally isn't my Mm mother-in-law. And the the mediums have carried on describing her and i kept on saying no and the medium said yes it's your mother-in-law i'm sure it's your mother in law i said, no 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 and in the end the medium said okay we'll park that and then i said oh oh it just sounds like patrick's mother and of course patrick was my second husband yes
0: that's what i was wondering if it was one of those mother in laws
1: yes and i was just thinking of my first
0: yes, in
1: law, because I'd never met Patrick's mother. Oh, you know, she she okay. had died. She had died before I met Patrick. That's
0: why. And okay. so I'd,
1: I'd never met her. And mm-hmm. to be frank, I hadn't realized that somebody whom you hadn't met in this life yeah. could still come to you via mm-hmm. a medium. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, oh, yes. It sounds exactly like Patrick's mother.
0: Okay. And
1: and I just thought, my goodness me, that medium was so vindicated because she, you know she didn't let herself be dissuaded. Mm-hmm. She kept on saying That's no, hard. It's, it's That's your hard. mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And I mean anybody with half a brain mm-hmm. would know who their mother-in-law was, wouldn't they? I obviously didn't have half a brain. But
0: no, 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 no. I'm going to give you credit here because I knew, I kept thinking, was this a mother maybe from your first husband or there has to be a reason why she did not recognize this mother-in-law. Because I kept thinking, hadn't thought that Patrick's mom had passed before you guys got together. That makes perfect sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I was very impressed by that medium. I really was.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to tell you a little secret um i work with obviously quite a few different people in the field we work with people that we have like interests and what have you and uh i can tell you that in one of the sessions we had a famous movie star come through give us a lot of information that we didn't know that we could verify and including a very famous scientist from back in history again gave us quite a bit of uh, information including, and without saying too much else, but I'll tell you this part. The person that was channeling said they could see, it looked like they were typing on an old-fashioned typewriter and they were typing, 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 tap, 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 they described it. And they said, we had asked some kind of question and they were typing, it seemed like the scientists, and they started to type the theory of R E. L, and all of us in the group jumped up and went oh no 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 we don't do physics no absolutely not we're not going there and then the person that was Charlie started laughing because she said you literally could see it like being deleted on a computer screen <laughs> <laughs> so they come through did we meet them before no but there you yeah. go mm-hmm.
1: yes yes
0: and there had well, to be a purpose for why she came through. Not that I would ever ask, but I'm saying, even though yes, we may not have met yes. them, there's a reason why no, somebody would come through.
1: No, she came through with a message. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and the message made perfect
0: sense. There you go. There you go. Yes. So, yeah. And so, it happens. But it rocks your confidence. I can imagine as, as a solicitor and you're doing something right, that you know, like you're absolute certain that it's right. And then the person you're working with is going... No, no, I no, I don't oh. think so, no.
1: <laughs> well well exactly. I mean this is why
0: I was mm-hmm. so impressed by
1: this medium, mm-hmm. because she didn't let herself be deterred. Mm-hmm. She thought it was my mother-in-law, and she was right. And I was and I was just being very blinkered,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not not thinking about
0: because medium, you didn't the, expect it.
1: Because I didn't expect it and I'd never met her. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the description fitted perfectly.
0: I just, I love it. So now I wanted to ask you another question that I thought of while we were talking. You've got this beautiful dog, your Spaniel. What's your dog's name? Well, Phoebe. Phoebe. Um,
1: But the very sad thing is that actually Phoebe died last month.
0: Oh, so, I'm so 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 sorry. But,
1: oh but but I, I went and I no no no, don't
0: apologize.
1: But mm-hmm. I I went and scattered her ashes on Patrick's grave.
0: Oh so, I love it.
1: So I thought that was rather nice. Because I was going
0: to ask you and then I wanna share something about our 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 beloved pets in a minute after that but did you find when Phoebe was alive and Patrick like with the books flying off the shelf or what have you did you notice much of a reaction with Phoebe like did like she recognized him or she was relaxed about it or
1: well I I think that sometimes you know she would be looking at something that I couldn't see. And I think that sometimes she would be wagging her tail for no particular reason. And so, yes, I think that she was sensitive to energies.
0: I think all of our animals are, but I i know this might sound crazy, but then again, we're talking about topics tonight that we don't yeah, maybe regularly talk about, but Phoebe's still with you for, as well. Our animals do come back. I I don't know. Did she did she sleep at the foot of your bed by any chance, or or a special spot? Obviously, she'd have a special spot. But
1: well, we used to snuggle up on the sofa. Okay, and and then she. It was quite funny actually because she wasn't really allowed upstairs, mm. and. After Patrick had died, I used to try and encourage her to come upstairs because yeah. I would have loved her to sleep on my bed. Yeah. Um, and she would come up for a minute or two and then she would run back down again. And she yeah. obviously had been so well trained that she, that she wasn't meant to be upstairs.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That
1: she She never really relaxed upstairs. But we would snuggle up on the sofa in the
0: evenings and that was lovely. Okay, so next time you're on the sofa, just to see what you notice there, because they never leave us. I'll tell you just a very quick story, mostly for our listeners, but I was talking to a friend quite a few years back and uh, we were on video chat like you and I are and she had a bad back, so she was laying back in her bed and we were talking talking and all of a sudden i didn't say anything to her on the pillow by her head there was like this see-through shadow cat almost and it was grooming itself and flicking its tail and finally go did, did you used to have a cat that laid on the pillow next to you and they said oh yeah that was my darling gave the name i said you are not going to believe this, but that cat is like sitting on that pillow next to you. Uh, it's like looking at you now and what have you. She goes, take a picture, take a picture. So I took pictures of the screen. She still has them. Sometimes she comes to this. She's not here tonight. Otherwise I would, I would say the name. And I, I couldn't make it out, but she can make it out. And it was her cat. And same as my son's cat passed away and she was around for the longest time. You'd feel her plop on the bed where she used to sleep on his bed and stuff so I keep feeling like that for you so see see what happens if you notice that she's around I will mm-hmm. yeah thank you for that yes because I don't I think you know you'll hear people say I always I guess I think it matter. it's what people's experiences are but you'll hear people say well you know they you can't do that once you cross over like it, people can't visit back when they once they crossed over and passed over to heaven, and it's like, says who? Maybe that was your experience, right? Like I, I don't believe that there's limitations on the other side. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Um, well, I haven't had anybody say that to me, but mm-hmm. I am quite sure that Patrick is often around, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I I often feel him. In fact, mm-hmm. I feel him most of the time.
0: Really. I love it, mm-hmm.
1: and. Um, he he didn't really like being driven by me, you know. He liked to be the driver, mm-hmm. and when I was driving, he would sort of quite often sort of say, "Oh, you're in the wrong gear." I hear you like that. Yeah. Yes, because we tend to have manual cars mm-hmm. in the UK rather than
0: I know how to drive automatic.
1: those. <laughs> right, right. And so, and so I would I would often not be in the gear he yeah. thought I should be in, and. Um, you know, I, I could tell that he was always a little bit nervous when I was driving. Um, and he was a very good driver. Yeah. I'm better, better driver than I am. But sometimes when I'm driving the car,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I almost feel as though he's taken hold, hold of the steering wheel. It's I a funny sort of feeling, but I feel that he's got my arms and mm-hmm. my hands and he's guiding them.
0: I love it.
1: Yeah, and it's a lovely—it's a lovely feeling, actually. It's a very nice feeling, but I feel that he's thinking, "Oh, golly, yeah. I think I'd better just take a dive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's get Louise home safely." Oh, I love it! I love so, it, and I feel that quite strongly. Um, so, ha- oh, go ahead. And this this psychic friend of ours who saw the flame and then had the, um, I want you to want me, cheap trick. She she gives me energy healing.
0: Oh, I love uh, it.
1: And I love it because whenever I go to her, she'll always say, oh, here's Patrick. And she'll say, oh, he's standing by your left side or, or he's standing over there. And oh, he's put his hands on you here. And that happens every time. And she's not making it up she no, I, can really she can really feel him or see him there I, and i really like that i really like that i feeling. love
0: it so the, so you know what's beautiful about that i literally heard when you were saying that only do you get the energy healing but it almost it almost felt like the way you were describing it's almost like an energy boost to your soul that confirmation that he's still there or he has his hand on your shoulder or what have you
1: Well, yeah, and what's extraordinary is, she gives me this energy healing, and she says that sometimes she can feel that Patrick is also giving Mm -hmm. me energy healing, and she can feel the energy from him in my body.
0: Mm -hmm. Isn't that extraordinary? I think that, I I love it. And I, sorry, I had to block this person. They're being absolutely disgusting. it that happens on youtube we get spammers there no i i believe it is what i was going to say i i was positive you were going to share that because i i don't know i almost believe like we have jobs on the other side and as somebody and it's not a job to be with you. That's not what I'm talking about. But maybe that's part of what he does on the other side, right? Healing to never mind how much he loves you and knows that you need that. And it's coming from such a place of love and from the other side. Imagine, I can't even imagine how powerful that would be. So I think it's extraordinary. I think it's incredible. And I'm so glad you've shared that because I can't imagine for people listening and hearing this that never ever thought this was possible to hear these type of things, because that's where I was going to go with my next point was, how has this been received by people that you've known, say you and Patrick as a couple or people maybe that wouldn't believe in these type of things?
1: Well, I mean, I'm quite aware that my book is never going to convince somebody who has a closed mind
0: absolutely Mm
1: -hmm. and and i have some friends who are good friends and they sort of say yes i i believe you louise but you know if if you believe it's true then it's true for you which is sort of you know a wishy-washy and trying to
0: be nice about it supportive of you but, but,
1: not but, turn but not to them yeah yeah and and that's okay that's okay i'm not i'm not trying to change the world at all what i'm wanting to do is to say to people who are open to the possibility yeah it's happened to me and it might happen to you So there are are quite a few, well, men in particular, I think, are are reluctant Mm -hmm. to take it on board. Mm -hmm. So I have quite a few friends who are couples Mm -hmm. where the woman believes and says, yeah, this is wonderful. And that's brilliant. And the men who say, well, I can't I I can't really I can't really believe that
0: so what's your thoughts as to why do you think I have a theory but I'd love to hear your thoughts like why do you think maybe men are more reluctant
1: I have no idea no I did
0: I don't know at all okay my thoughts are obviously and i truly believe that as men and women we each have our own gifts but we think so differently haven't you found that most men that you've met and i'm not generalizing here but i'm just saying men are more analytical and very logic problem-solving based type of thinkers like it's either black or white not that there's no in between but they're very solution-based if you will Tangible, whereas this is something that isn't necessarily tangible, black and white?
1: Yes, I guess that that is right. And um, also, I suppose that, well, for my generation, and Mm -hmm. it might be different now, but for my generation, the men, you know, had to really learn how to be very logical and precise to. Do well in their careers. Mm -hmm. Whereas somehow it was easier for women to do more, um, how should I put it? Airy fairy things.
0: I agree. Well, I'm 57. So I hear what you're saying with the fact that I I just say I find actually, I'm going to read what Dave wrote. That's why I highlight it because he's a gentleman. He says, uh, I would say in general, men have less intuitive gifts. Um, not all men, but I agree. Dave is an astrologist and and uh, is in sort of this field, so that's why I shared his thoughts. <laughs> oh, and Michelle Pratt puts, "Well, men are from Mars for starters, women from Venus." You remember that book that I've never read? it. I do. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, a very a very good book.
0: Oh, what did he say? If, however, they would clean their internal energy, they would have more. So yes, Dave, like I said, is more spiritually based and not all men are the same. That's why I said, I didn't want to generalize, but okay, I'm just going to from personal experience, okay? With my partner, I call him my husband, he's common law husband. Um, After everything we've been through, he's been thrown 15 feet across the kitchen with nothing there. He didn't even tell me about it for two days. He went out and got his battery tester because he's sure he must've been shocked or something it ended up being paranormal. To this day, he is still very skeptical that he's got to debunk it six ways to Sundays, like logically before he'll even entertain. And again, that's not every man. And I'm not bashing men here. I'm just saying we think differently, right? And you've noticed yourself with having these conversations, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know whether, um, younger people are more open to all of this and younger men mm. are open to all of this i'm not sure i mean in my generation you know men were were still being brought up to be the provider and to be mm-hmm. the sensible one mm-hmm. um and, I'm I, and, that, think... and that and that and that is different now well, and I'm that's a good thing
0: think I have two boys, my eldest is the ones that I've been around. Yeah, it just depends, I guess, you know, how they've grown up and what they're, I guess that's pretty well for anybody. But I hear what you're saying, because when you talk about any of these kind of topics, I find, I always said they were always so isolating, because it's not like something you could have a chat while you're in Q, on queue or in queue or in line at no. the grocery store. Yet, when somebody opens that door, all of a sudden everybody's had an experience, everybody's had something. And it's like, why weren't we talking about this before? Right? Yeah, absolutely. That mm-hmm. is so right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I'm hoping with books like yours that we can open this discussion up a lot more and have more of these conversations because it's so healing, isn't it?
1: Oh, Loralee, that's why I wrote the book. I would love to open up the conversation. And yes, it is so, so healing. Um, I think I would be in a terrible dark place still if I thought that There was nothing left of Patrick but memories. But I know Uh that there is still his spirit and it was a very special spirit. And so it's just wonderful that it's still around.
0: And I'm so glad he is too. Like you shared some really beautiful things, including the driving assist and the healing from the other side. And I hope to have you back on again soon, Louise, to hear more about your experiences and what you've got going on.
1: I would love to come back again. And I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. I don't
0: know who just did that, but somebody just turned my light off. (laughs)
1: I'm not kidding. Well, I saw the light suddenly go, but I thought maybe you had turned it on. I
0: don't know if that was you, Patrick. I asked you to join in, so thank you for it. Well, it could. Well, it could well have been. I have no idea. It just went click.
1: Well, just as we were beginning to say goodbye, he did have a very good sense of humour. He was, yeah.
0: There you go. So how can people get a hold of you? Where can they buy your book and things like that, Louise? Oh, well, um, I would love
1: people to read my book. And it's called WhatsApps from Heaven. And it's you can go to Amazon to get it, or you can order it from any bookshop. And um, I've got a website, which is www.LouiseHamlin.com. And okay. if, you, if you go onto the website, you'll see more about it and more about me.
0: I um, love it.
1: Yeah, but but yes, um, there's a lot more in my book. And I, I want the world to know. I do feel, by the way, if I can just say this before Please we finish. Do. The book was very, very easy to write. And I sort of felt that Patrick wanted me to write it.
0: I love it. love
1: it. So it just it just flowed without any problem at all. And I do think that I was meant to write it.
0: I I think you were too, because this is a we need a book like that. Like you said, it's the kind of book you were looking to read that you couldn't find and i'm so glad that you wrote this and shared your story and your experiences with patrick somebody wrote shows over i think patrick has a good sense of humor i did say to him i'd love to have you join in if you could so thank you patrick <laughs> I want to also remind I want to thank everybody that was here Michelle, we've got Dave who else did we have here, I don't want to miss anybody um, and this isn't all that we had, Nicole, I didn't even get a chance to shout you out, uh, Guiding Echoes. she's another one of our hosts on Tuesday nights here with the show Guiding Echoes. and we had Manuel Lopez we got lots more people watching just because we couldn't see the conversation, we have got people from all over the place watching so thank you please share this with your friends especially if you know somebody maybe that's Going through a bereavement themselves, or has lost somebody they, you know, they love, and I'm sure they will find this helpful and to be able to buy Louise's book. Thank you for being here, Louise.
1: Thank you very much, Loralie. It's been a great pleasure and delight.
0: I love having you I can't wait to have you back on again mm-hmm. and I want to remind you we we this was kind of a Halloween show but kind of not but we were talking about the afterlife because we're doing all things Halloween this month but I knew this topic would still fit in but I want to remind you that next week I will be back same space same time so 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Monday nights with the angel rock also if you ever want to get a hold of me get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash angel rock say you want to book a healing session. Session, a reading. I do mentoring. I have two groups on Facebook: Paranormal University for all the paranormal, and then the Angel Rocker Tribe for many of the things that we talked about tonight. But next week's guest, you guys are not wanting to go. I can't even talk. Not wanting to miss. His name is David Hansel. Very, very, very gifted medium. Close friend of mine. Animal communicator. And holy. Crap! as he got crazy scary stories so you don't want to miss this <laughs> again louise thank you so much for being here and loved having you here thank you Lauralee. and wherever you may be good morning good afternoon or good evening and we will see you next week i send you so much love and light until then thank you